Good morning! Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. This morning's episode is titled, I Have Greater Witness Than That of John. It shall be focused on a study of John chapter 5. Before we go any further, we begin with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee that You have witness of the Father who, Lord, and You had witness of the Scriptures which spoke of Your ministry and how You be sent to be the Lamb of God which took away the sins of the world. We thank Thee, Father, for Your grace that You willingly laid down Your life, Lord, that You might save ours. We pray may we live our lives selflessly for Your purpose as well. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to John chapter 5. Chapter 5 After this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie, and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man, when the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed, and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, It is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. He answered them, He that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. Then asked they him, What man is that which said unto thee, Take up thy bed and walk? And he that was healed wist not who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. Afterward Jesus findeth him in the temple, and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more lest a worse thing come unto thee. The man departed, and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus, and sought to slay him, because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. But Jesus answered them, My father worketh hitherto, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Then answered Jesus, and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these, that ye may marvel. For as the Father raiseth up the dead, and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father which hath sent him. 
Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, The hour is coming, and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself, and hath given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice, and shall come forth, they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. I can of mine own self do nothing, as I hear I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another that beareth witness of me, and I know that the witness which he witnesseth of me is true. Ye sent unto John, and he bear witness unto the truth. But I receive not testimony from man, but these things I say that ye might be saved. It was a burning and a shining light, and ye were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. But I have greater witness than that of John, for the works which the Father hath given me to finish, the same works that I do bear witness of me, that the Father hath sent me. And the Father himself which hath sent me hath borne witness of me. Ye have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. And ye have not his word abiding in you, for whom he hath sent, him ye believe not. Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. And ye will not come to me, that ye might have life. I receive not honor from men, but I know you, that ye have not the love of God in you. I am come in my Father's name, and ye receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him ye will receive. How can ye believe which receive honor one of another, and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuseth you, even Moses, in whom ye trust. For had ye believed Moses, ye would have believed me, for he wrote of me. But if ye believe not his writings, how shall ye believe my words? Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled, When Their Eyes Were Opened, They Knew Him. This was preached in 1964 on March the 12th. We'll begin at paragraph 13 up to paragraph 107. I trust you'll find it to be a blessing. My subject tonight was when their eyes were opened, they knew him. Now, our setting tonight is the first Easter. The great dark day of crucifixion was past. Our Lord Jesus had come to the world and had clearly identified himself to be the Son of God. All the scriptures had been pertaining to him he had fulfilled. Even the last hours on the cross had been fulfilled. Now. The resurrection had come, which was promised also. But the people of that day were somewhat like we are today. They had, in the enthusiasm of what they had been seeing, the supernatural and so forth, they had failed to recognize all the scripture. 
that pertained to him. They had recognized some of it and believed, and some of it they had not recognized. I think that's a whole lot like today, that many times we'll accept some of the things that Jesus has said, but not all the things that he said. People sometimes get uh, say, well, we believe this, but we don't believe this. Well, you can't believe this without believing this. See, you've got to believe it all. It's either all God or it isn't any God. And so it all must be fitted in right in its place. And as I said last evening, God has lauded that his scripture from the beginning, before there was any time when he was eternal, he, all, he is the eternal one. And then these things that's happening now are only the attributes of God's thinking. At first, it has to be a thought and then a word and a word it, when a thought expressed is a word, and then it's spoken, it has to happen. And the whole thing is God unfolding himself and his attributes, and then God being made material, tangible, that we can talk to, speak with, and his whole church body and everything. Therefore, your name was in his thinking. That's how you have eternal life. You can't have it no other way. If you got eternal life, you always was. You, if otherwise, you just can't say, well, I belong to church, I do this. No, sir. Eternal life never had a big anything that was eternal, never did begin and cannot end. So you were only in his thinking, your name, who you are and what you are. That's the only way you could ever have eternal life because you always was. And those, no matter what they are, they are eternally dead. They were dead from the beginning. The Bible said the woman that lives in pleasure is dead while she is alive. See, she's always been dead. She's dead in sin and trespasses. And now, if you were in the quickening at his beginning, that's what he come to redeem. And your name was put on the Lamb's book of life in his thinking at the beginning. And he come to redeem all names that's in that book. No more. Not one more. Just what was in there. When the last name's redeemed, he takes his book and claims what he has redeemed. Now, and what a, a strange thing would be if we couldn't believe all that's written in the Scripture. For the whole thing is God's Word. It's all inspired, every bit of it. And we believe every bit of it. Now, this glorious scene that we have before us tonight is Jesus up from the dead in the springtime, walking around. Up from the spring, the resurrection, the first flower to rise from the dead, our Lord Jesus. He was the first fruits of them that slept. The Easter flower that come up. First one that stuck his head up at the cold midnight of darkness and sin. He had paid the sin price, and God raised him up on the third day. We believe that with all of our heart, that God raised him up on the third day according to his promise. And we believe it according to the scripture, that he raised him up the third day. He was the first one that raised up from the dead, the first fruits of the ones that slept. And to think of it, that great distressed through the 4,000 years that the world had groped in sin and know not the way out. Here he is back from the dead. What a time, a springtime. The church ought to have been singing the glorious uh, hallelujahs, but instead of that, they were mooping around, sad and everything because they failed to believe all he said. And that's the same thing it is tonight, Amen. because they failed to believe all he said. 
and promise. That's what the church is in such a condition tonight that it's in. It's because we have failed to believe all that he said he would do, all the scriptures that pertains to him. We fail to believe it all. We bang it around, mix it up, and put something else to it. If we believe the whole thing, there would be a spring of joy in our souls because we are raised with him in the likeness of his resurrection, now sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, with all principalities and powers and darkness under our feet. We have a right with the blood of Jesus Christ, our token that we are a purchase of God, that God has paid our redemption through Jesus Christ, and we have a right to hold that token over anything that we ask and receive it. God said so. That settles it. You just believe all the scriptures. But the thing of it was the sad part. Many people that knew him and loved him did not recognize that he had risen from the dead. So is it today. Many people who believe and even teach that he rose from the dead still doesn't recognize it. They certainly cannot uh, comprehend that it's too much of a, a phenomenon. It's too unusual. The unusual things is where God is if it's according to his promise. Many loved him and knew it not. It was just absolutely too unusual for them to believe what those witnesses that come from the tomb and said, we saw a company of angels that said he has raised from the dead. Oh, well, we... See, if they just looked into the scripture, he promised it that he would do it. And just like at the Pharisees and religious teachers of his day, if they'd only looked into the scriptures like he said to, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they that testify of me, that tell who he is. If those disciples on that day had just looked into the scripture, they would have found in the scripture that he promised to raise up again and God promised to raise him up and he did yet his promised word was written that he would do it to them the word said that he would raise up he had promised it but yet they were sad and all beat out and everything they thought they lost everything they had and everything had failed and it was the darkest hour that I guess they'd ever seen, that had hopes in him and believed in him and seen his great manifestation of miracles and signs and wonders and all the vindication of the Messiah. And then to see him stand there and die and have spit put up on his face and when uh, he could discern the thoughts that was in the hearts of the people. But if I make this with a, a worldly expression, forgive it. But when the, the chips are down, that's when he still believed. When they put a rag around his face, those drunken soldiers, and put a rag around his face and took a stick and hit him on the head. So now we understand that you're a prophet. If you are a prophet, and they passed that stick one to the other and said, tell us who hit you. We'll believe it. See, it looked like he got caught in a trap. And they thought, well, if they'd ever seen anything to... But to him, he'd just smite them blind. He'd smite them dead if they'd seen anything. See, that's not always God's purpose in doing things. When he's on the cross in Cephas, the, the priest all said, If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Come down off the cross. We'll believe you. See, they just couldn't understand how God could ever go to the cross and die. But that's the reason God was made flesh so he could die. Amen. The Pharisees paid him the greatest compliment he ever had. When they said others he could not 
Others he did save, himself he cannot save. Certainly that was a compliment. If he saved himself, he could not save others. He had to give himself. That's the reason God was made flesh in order to die. That he could suffer and take the penalty upon himself. He couldn't do it as long as he was Jehovah in the spirit. God the Father in spirit could not do it. But when God was made flesh and dwelt among us, a human being, then he could taste death. And take the penalty that he had put upon all human beings, he took it upon himself and paid the price. Yet his promised word had promised this resurrection, but they did not understand that it would be so. They couldn't just absolutely get to it. The word, he was the vindication of his promise. Jesus talking to this Cleopas and his friend on the road to Emmaus was the vindication of his promised word. And yet they did not understand it. May I say it today, after 2,000 years of teaching, believing, still he's alive. Yes. And people cannot perceive it. Right. They cannot understand it. The main thing is they've been so indoctrinated with other things. Too many cares, and too much other stuff. That's the reason they cannot understand it. They were too sad and tore up to understand it. Now, notice, they were talking about him. Now, there was on the road over to Emmaus, they was going to go back to their old job again. Peter went fishing, and some of the rest of them went with him, and Cleopas and his friends said, well, we'll go over to Emmaus, that's perhaps where they lived, and about a Sabbath day's journey, a few miles across the hill. And this beautiful Easter morning, Jesus up from the dead, his word, God's word had been fulfilled. I'll not leave my holy one see corruption. Neither will I suffer my, I will not, not leave his soul in hell. Neither will I suffer my holy one to see corruption, was the word. Notice David spoken. Jesus said, destroy this temple now, raise it up in three days. Amen. The son of man goes up to Jerusalem, be given into the hands of the Gentiles. And cruel man be scoffed and scourged and crucified. But on the third day he shall rise up again. He said so, that ought to settle it. And here are these men that he told that to, that know the word, walking along the road sad about it. Can you imagine such a sight? But it certainly has repeated again. It's repeated again. We find out, as they went along the road, one great thing about him, they were talking about him when he appeared. Now, that's a trouble today. The reason I think he don't appear to so many of us is because we don't talk about him enough. We've got other things we've got to talk about. Our denominational difference. We've got to fuss about that. We've got to talk about communism. We've got all kinds of programs and everything else. All got us tied up. We don't have time to talk about him. Amen. The church program. Who's going to be the elected pastor? Who's going to do this and who's going to do that? We're talking about everything else but him. When we ought to be talking about him. It's always, that should be our, our, that should be our objective. That should be our, our whole life is in him. I said to a man the other day, he said, why do you believe that stuff? I said, sir, I spent my life. That's why I give my life for it. I wish I had 10,000 lives to give for it. Amen. I still believe it. Sure, we must be talking about him if we want to see him. That's when always, they should have recognized him, but they never. When he walked up to the side of him, they should have known. Remember, they'd been walking with him for three years. And here, the could you imagine 
his disciples that have walked with him for three years, here he is walking right along by them and just as blind as a bat. Why? Because they didn't know the scripture. And yet he had told them the scripture. And here he was, Emmanuel, made flesh, dwelt among us. And the Pharisees didn't recognize him. They couldn't understand that. How this man would have crucified him because he said he broke the Sabbath and, and made himself God. That's the reason they crucified him. Now we find out that the reason they failed to know that is because they did not know the scripture. Now these disciples should have recognized him, but they didn't know the scripture. He then revealed to them, notice as he began to go along, he revealed to them the scripture promises concerning himself for that age. Not the scripture promises in Noah's age. Not the scripture promises for other ages. The scripture promised concerning himself for that age. That showed exactly who he was. See, he began to ask and said, "Um, why are you so sad? Well, he said, are you a stranger here? Look me right in the face. Are you a stranger here? and don't know what's happened. Why, Jesus of Nazareth, uh, a prophet, approved of God. And we hoped that he would be the one that would deliver Israel. And this is the third day and they crucified him and all these things. And he just, he said, what things happened? Just like he knew nothing about it. See, he just acted as if he, he didn't know nothing about it. But I remember when he began to speak then, he began to reveal to them the promises concerning himself. He said, don't you know how Christ must first suffer and enter into his glory? And then he began with the scriptures from Moses and all the prophets and revealed to them the scriptures pertaining to himself. The Messiah. What the Messiah was to be. What the acts that he must do. Everything that he must be. He revealed that to them and he, they still did not understand. If that is a repeat today, he's doing the same and still the church mopes in darkness. Revealing to them who he is and what he is. And and still they say, well, now I believe uh, my church teaches. There you are. You see, that's the reason you go back to the scripture. Search the scripture. They've got the truth. We get so twisted. How do we know it's a scripture? When it's a scripture promise for that age. Now, he didn't go back and say, you remember Moses, what he done? See, he revealed to him the scripture pertaining to himself for that age. He was a light of that age. Moses was a light of his age. Jeremiah was a light of his age. It was the God's light shining forth for the word that was promised for that age. Every age has its promised word. God sends his prophets and reveals that word, vindicates his prophet first, then reveals that word and makes it live. And Jesus was the Christ. And everything that pertained to the Christ, he had vindicated it. A virgin birth, healed the sick, discerned the thoughts in their hearts, everything that he is supposed to do to be the Messiah, and yet raised from the dead, and they still didn't recognize it. They still didn't know it. After the scriptures had been revealed, still they never recognized him. Though he was that promised word. Now remember how beautiful that is. The word that he was revealing to them, show them. They had walked right with him for three years and recognized that 
know that he fulfilled that word. There they went, walking on down to the message. That's so. Just didn't understand it. They didn't get it. Notice. Then when it comes to the place, after him revealing the word over again to them and show them how Christ must do these things, and still they didn't get it, notice the rebuke they got, them preachers, for not knowing and recognizing the fulfilled scripture that is fulfilled before their eyes. Notice his words to them. Fools, slow of understanding. Here was God himself, the resurrected Messiah, walking along with showing him, said, Why, don't you understand that Christ must do these things? Don't you know that it must be this way and this way and thus and thus? And all day long, expounding to them the scriptures and still, is that so? And didn't know that was him standing right there. Then he looked around after he had preached the word and had told him and showed him the things that were supposed to be, and still they didn't understand. He said, Fools and slow of heart to understand. Understand the vindicated scripture of the hour. The scripture that pertained to him in that day. Yet he was the disciples, but they knew not the written word when they seen it made manifest. I won't let that soak just a moment. Didn't know when to read it out of the scripture that it's a promise for this day. And then watch God make it manifest and still say, I wonder. Same thing, see? Just exactly we're still dealing with human beings. And we find out that he rebuked them sharply. They were disciples because they didn't know the word that when it was made manifest before them, they didn't understand it. What the same thing has happened today, but in the minds of the people, it makes you feel sorry for them. Because one's got a group going this way, one's got one going this way, and all they think about is making that group grow. That's the reason that Christ can't reveal himself to the people. While the church ought to be a, the most, why it ought to be in its glorious stage now, in the power of his resurrection, great signs and wonders. Instead of that, they have fooled around so much as this till they're walking blindly into the ecumenical council to take on the mark of the beast and know it not. Exactly know his words saying that it would do that. And they think it's real good, it's nice, it makes a good offer, and so they'll do it. How can two walk together? What are you Pentecostals going to do? You're going to have to sacrifice your fundamental doctrine of the baptism of the Holy Ghost to do it. Right. Certainly you are. And there you are. What are you going to do when that time comes? Just foolishly walking right into it. Some of the leaders of Pentecostal people, full gospel people, stand in these councils and set before the Vatican. And in the hierarchies and so forth and say, it's the most spiritual feeling. A man that's that numb to the Spirit of God that would cause such as that. No wonder he'd say fools and slow of heart. To understand what the scripture said. He'd speak out tonight. If he was speaking through a vessel, he'd say the same thing. Fools and slow of heart to understand. How that when the word is made manifest right there and then walk right into it. Say now, we're too busy with our programs. To, uh, they were too busy listening to him and doing other things. And, and so we find out that now we got so many different creeds. We have so many television programs. And now we got an anti-communist move. I was listening to Lifeline the other morning, giving the documented statements of it. And, and communism? Why, you would never sweep it out. Why, they've been in here for years and years and years. All these different programs and systems, so said Lifeline, 
even into these uh, drives like receiver policy and stuff like that in it. In the anti-communist movement, anti-communist movement, communists is in there inspiring it just to find out who's who. Right. Oh, uh, I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in the coming of Jesus Christ yeah. for the church. Ministers ought to be busy about that and seeing what the scriptures promise today. I'm not looking for a taking over a communist. I'm looking for a coming kingdom, Jesus Christ in the millennium, to set in. Not even absolutely interested in communism or none of their isms or your religious isms. None of it. I'm interested in Jesus Christ and him only. Get the people to see him. He's here proving himself. Here showing exactly what he said he would do in the last days. Now, they didn't understand it. They were too busy. Yet they claim today to believe that he raised from the dead. Everybody, you believe he raised from the dead? Those who really claim to be Christians believe that. And then he can come right around and do exactly what he said he would do after his resurrection. And still they don't see it. Oh, it's the truth. They, they just still don't see it. Creeds. Educational programs, they've got their ministers out and got them so educated, blind, blind to their man-made theologies that they're off of the Word of God. As I said last night, God don't need any interpreter. I can't interpret His Word. Neither can anybody interpret His Word. He's His own interpreter. When He said He'd do anything, He does it. That settles it. That's all there is to it. He said He would do it and He did it. That settles it. You know, nobody tells this is that or that's that. He does it himself. Our interpretations is nothing to the scripture. He speaks himself. That's the way it is. In the beginning when he said, let there be light and there was light. I don't need any interpretation. A virgin shall conceive. Did. I'll pour out my spirit of all flesh. He did. Don't need any interpretation. What he said he would do in this day, he's done it. It don't need to be interpreted. It interprets itself. He's his own interpreter. Now, we're so busy about other things. We've taken our people off and a lot of our full gospel missions and so forth in schools. Gives a man a psychiatric test before, a mental test before a, a psychologist, before he can be, become a missionary to see if his IQ's high enough. Isn't that something? I could imagine that in some farm or distant something that died many years ago, but as fresh as Pentecost is. How could they ever do a thing like that? Did you imagine the IQ they required on the day of Pentecost? Faith in God, that's what they required. That's a requirement. If thou believest these signs shall follow them and believe, Jesus said. He never said test them for their IQ. He said go into all the world, missionaries. Make disciples of all nations. These signs shall follow them and believe. That's the IQ. God's IQ. Whether you've got enough faith to make these things live and be real, Christ manifested to the people. Today, we want to test them with some kind of an educational program. Mine, testing Jack Ruby the other day for insanity. They're still doing it. The whole world's insane. Charlie man's crazy. No man can shoot another without being crazy. The whole world's crazy. Certainly it is. The farmer, he's crazy to the businessman. The businessman's crazy to the farmer. Who is crazy? The whole group is. There's only one same thing, and that's Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and His gospel has the answer to everything. Our books of psychology and all these things are nonsense. 
If it's contrary to this word, throw it away. God's word is right and all others are wrong. You see these things. No one of the worlds become drenched in blood. No one of the things are the way they are now. We don't. It's just every time, wonder if Oswald that murdered our president, wonder if he'd have got an insane test. I doubt it. But you see, how can a man run in and shoot another man and take his life and go on? I'm in Texas. I'll just stop on that. But let me tell you something. Every, the Lord will take care of it all someday. His coming. Notice, you have no right to take any man's life. No, sir. God's the only one who has right to take life. Amen. It's true. Now watch. The word truly written, the promise for that age, perfectly vindicated, and they still didn't recognize it. Notice, they had just acknowledged him to be a prophet. Jesus of Nazareth, are you just, are you a stranger here? Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed before God and the people, acknowledged him to be a prophet. Then if they had acknowledged him to be a prophet, a prophet is sent for that age that he lives in. He is to manifest God's promise. The word comes to the prophet. And if he was the prophet, then the promised word for that age was to be manifested by him. And still they didn't see it. They just couldn't see it. They said he was a prophet. Mighty indeed. What his works was. Mighty in word before God and so forth. He's great. We hope Israel had their hopes built upon him. Spiritual Israel. Not the church Israel. The just the nation, the, the people, the real spiritual Israel had their hopes built upon him. And um, notice, then when they acknowledged him as a prophet, what did he go to? He'd done just exactly what a prophet should do. He went right straight back to the world. Right. right back to show, if he was a prophet, that they said he was, he goes right back to show the word promised of himself of that day. Still, they didn't recognize him. Walked right along blind as they could be. Didn't recognize it. The promised word for their age. He was the prophet to manifest that same thing. Now look. He said, fool, slow of heart to understand all the prophets have said about Christ. How that he must suffer these things. As he said, and then enter into his glory. Raise up the third day. All these things he's supposed to do. And yet you don't understand. They ought to know that there was a man that was making vindication of what they were saying they believed. Still, they couldn't see it. He was a sure sign of a true prophet, always, to go, not back to some other word, back to some other, but to prove a word that the day he's living in is promised. I remember before he come, John came on the scene. He was a prophet. What was he? A forerunner of the Messiah. And he said, I'm not the Messiah. They thought he was because he was a prophet. He said, I'm not the Messiah. I'm not even worthy to unloose his shoes, but he's standing among you. Oh, John was positive he was there because he knew he had to introduce him. His father was a priest. He didn't go to their seminary to learn to be a priest. His job was too important. He went to the wilderness to be alone with God. He didn't want to carry a fellowship card from anybody or they'd say this, that, or the other. Because to get all mixed up and influenced by, by the order of the man of that day, his job was important. He had to depend on God alone. For he was to announce the Messiah. Jesus said he was a bright and shining light, and for a season you desired to walk with him, enjoyed walking by him. But now I have greater witness than John. Still, they didn't believe it. A sure sign of a true prophet. Going up, taking him back to the word. They could not understand 
his manner of talk. Look, the scripture had said that was going to happen exactly word by word the way it was. Even David, hundreds of years before, about 800 years, cried the very same thing that he said on the cross. And no doubt that in the temple that morning, they might have sang that same song, Psalms 22. My God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? In the temple singing about it, and the God that they claimed that they served, they were crucified. So is it today. The God that they claim that they believe in, that manifests himself, they'll, they'll shut up every door, no cooperation, no nothing else. They, it's contrary to their creed. Oh, fool, slow of heart to know the day that we live in. Has not God promised this in the last day? How this lady will see a church be lukewarm and Jesus on the outside trying to get in for a little cooperation. What is Jesus? The Word, the true Word that's made manifest. On the outside trying to get in, he couldn't get in. The hour we're living, of course, blind, same way. Jesus said they'd be like that. The prophets said they'd be like that. Heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Truce breakers, false accusers in common. Despisers are those that are good. Having a form of godliness. Denying the power thereof. The power of his resurrection. His manifestation. That he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he lives today, evermore. To vindicate the things that he has said. I'm not yelling at you. But I want you to hear it. True. Their eyes were still closed. Notice, though they could not believe, there was something in them. They invited him to come in. He acted like he's going on by. He might act like that to you tonight. Now I'm closing. I'll go close early so I can have a prayer. He might act like you just going to pass you by. Maybe your prayer card won't be called. But remember, maybe he's just giving you a test too. He's just as much God out there as he is up here or anywhere else. He proves that day after day, night after night. He's God everywhere. He's omnipresent. Now, remember, he makes out like he's going to pass by. And they constrained him. Now, they didn't understand what he was talking about. But yet their minds all, uh, they didn't know what to believe. Now, there's just a many person like that today. There's a many person like that in Beaumont tonight. They don't know what to believe. But you know what they did? They did the most wisest thing that any man could do. They invited him in. That's it. That's it. It's then and then only can he reveal himself. When he's invited to come in. Welcome him in. Say, Lord Jesus, I know the scripture says that. I might not understand it, but come into my heart. I want to accept you. I want to believe you. Then manifest yourself to me. Notice, they invited him in. Now, they couldn't explain it. They, they, it's, uh, he, he just, they didn't understand what he was talking about. It was all mixed up to them. They couldn't understand it. But yet they said, invite, constrain him. You must come in. He said, no, I've got to be going on. Oh, but Lord, you, you must come in. You, you must come in. And constrain him until, called upon him and until he had to go in. That's what you do. And then when he gets inside, that's when he can reveal himself. He can make himself known when inside. Notice how he did it. After his resurrection, the true promised word. See, they did not realize who he was, but once inside of them, then he opened their eyes. That way, when he got inside the building with them there, 
he opened their eyes. After he got inside, he opened their eyes. What by not lift up his hand and said, uh, uh, open it, let your eyes go. Their eyes were open anyhow, physically. Like down at Dathan, a dolphin mother was down there when the head of Elijah was down there. And the, uh, the Syrians is up on him. And Gehazi cried out, my father, the Syrians are everywhere. And Elijah walked out there and said, there's more with us than there is with them. He said, Lord, open that boy's eyes. And around that old prophet and over the hill were chariots of fire and angels of fire. And the Bible said he smote the Syrians blind. He went out there and said, are you looking for Elijah? They said, yes, we're looking for him. Come on, I'll show you where he's at. And they could see physically walking right down. But they were blind to who he was. And that is tonight you might have 20-20 vision in your eyes. But your spirit. Can you understand that it's a promised word of this day? God's promise. God, get inside. Then open your eyes. Oh, that's him, isn't it? promised it. Notice, inside he opened their eyes to who he was. Who he was. Now, if he can get inside of you tonight to your faith line, he can open your eyes to show you Hebrews 13, 8's right, that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he can get inside and open your eyes, he'll do the same now. As we get towards the end of this episode, we'll end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee, Lord, for how Your Word revealed itself, reveals itself to us and how, Father, we now know You and the power of Your resurrection and how Your Spirit lives in us and accomplishing Your purpose in Your kingdom. The kingdom of God is within us. We pray, Father, help us to live our lives for You, that when others look at us, they might see You in us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you. of the sunlight they know they'd surely die and after time and time had passed I saw a little sunlight at last a little more and a little more then a little more sunlight than before but at the breaking of a brand new dawn I saw the fullness the risen sun I remember
remember what God had done for me when he took my sins to Calvary. Thank you for faithful resurrection, Lord. Oh, what a blessed consolation, Lord. When I found nothing of worth in me, you broke the seas at Calvary. Thank you, Lord. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. To the rising of the sun I saw the S-O-N go down at Nicaea Road Before Paul left at Ephesus He said there'll appear grievous wolves The serpent found a way to break the sun's influence He preached his doctrines of lies So down and down the gospel went He showed a little light in Smyrna And many saw him at Pergamos But the less light in Thyatira age But Luther saw him in saddest age was 1750 a man by the name John Wesley he caught a little sunlight in Philadelphia and many saw him at Laodicea but at the breaking of a brand new dawn the sun came clothed in a cloud with one foot on sea and one on land the fullness of the sun was in the sun of man. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for Revelation 10:7. Thank you, Lord. That man called William Branham. Thank you, Lord. He took the mystery of this risen sun to every kindred and nation. Thank you, Lord. Amazing grace, how sweet the sun. Purest white, 